0: Welcome to the New Territories podcast, where we have conversations about blockchain technology and its applications to policy, society, and more. I'm your host, Joyce Lai from Consensus. All right, hi everyone. Um, this is Joyce Lai here. Um, today we're speaking with Anton Moskovoy. Did I say that properly?
1: Um, yes, yes, Joyce.
0: Great. Um, so Anton is the head of product at Jetherium. So today we're gonna talk to him a little bit about his project and its background. Um, So we're gonna learn what Jetherium does. um, And through that, I'm hoping to learn more about enterprise blockchain usage in general. Um, And hopefully I can learn about programming languages and kind of what's out there that's available and what Anton's project is doing to help bridge the gaps there. Um, And then lastly, wanna talk to him about blockchain ecosystem growth and what he thinks about that generally. So maybe we'll start with you, Anton. Um, Can you give us a little bit of a background on your experience?
1: Um, Yes, absolutely. Well, um, firstly, I want to say uh, thank you, Joyce. I'm happy uh, to be here. Um, so where, where do I start? Um, so I got into the world of blockchain. Um, I think it was uh, it's getting close to now what um, like four something, so close to five years. Um, so it was a, it was a, a pilot project by the you know the National Bank of Canada. It didn't really go um, like anywhere specifically, but that's how um, I got into um, the entire world of uh, you know Ethereum ecosystem. And it was back in uh, you know early 2015, so not that while after you know its uh, massive beginning. In 2013 and 14.
0: And what were you doing with Canada?
1: Um, so at that time I was uh, working at the Bank of Montreal. Um, so it wasn't it wasn't a startup, but uh, a, a startup followed up afterwards as um, you know my my next company that I uh, you know co joined called uh, Humanique, um, which is. And the financial marketplace uh, focused on emerging markets, and it was uh, it was built on Ethereum. Um, we did a lot of uh, level two um, scaling solutions. I know it's a technical term, but uh, uh, basically the entire idea of the project was based on um, how we can um, use uh, the Ethereum possibilities by um, basically providing more clear access to uh, financial services. Uh, So not only banking, but everything, uh, loans, uh, settlement, uh, you know, transactions, and, you know, basically anything that has to do with interacting with uh, humans. Um, Got it. Right. Um, So that, uh, that one, um, you know, it grew at scale, but uh, my uh, next project and uh, my current project is uh, Jetherium. So the one um, that I'm all busy, uh, you know, working on right now. And uh, that one is, Completely different, uh, you know, on the product perspective. But uh, how those two projects are linked together is obviously Ethereum. So it's uh, one of the technological principles behind it.
0: Yeah. So for those of you who are listening, um, Jetherium is name of the project and is spelled J T H E R E U M. So maybe you can tell us um, what the J in theorem stands for.
1: Um, absolutely. So J in j stands for uh, Java. Um, so then you may ask me, well, how is it to do with uh, Java? Um, so J-Ethereum allows you to write smart contracts um, on Ethereum using Java. Um, it enables your existing Java development skills and resources to uh, pretty much unlock uh, the world of smart contracts that uh, are currently, um, well, maybe limited to you. And that's that's where the G comes from.
0: Maybe we can actually use this opportunity here to talk about programming languages a little bit. Um, so Java is one programming language. There are lots of programming languages. And so for the benefit of someone like myself who isn't technical and has never taken an official computer science course, what are some of the languages that exist out there in the traditional world and then what exists in the blockchain space in terms of programming languages?
1: Right, right. Um, so I'm going to start with uh, the blockchain space and specifically Ethereum there. So to date, uh, the most popular programming language for Ethereum um, has been Solidity uh, by far. Um, and uh, in fact, so Ethereum currently uses Solidity as a backend generated language. So it ultimately what we do is we translate Java to Solidity. Um, so there's a lot of future enhancements that we plan, but um, the truth is, is that right now there are also other languages um, on Ethereum that are used in Ethereum. There's a uh, Viper, there's uh, Triple L, there's a uh, Serpent, uh, there's Mutant. Um, unfortunately, none of these languages they've achieved uh, anything that could be, you know, even slightly called a widespread popularity. Um, and um, that's a big contrast to uh, non-blockchain-related programming languages, um, and there's there's tons of them. Um, what's different uh, between anything that I've just mentioned and Java is uh, Java is a very uh, very very mature language. Um, in fact, it's the most popular programming language in the world. Um, so it's uh, estimated that there's uh, more than 10 million. Um, Java developers, um, in contrast to, let's say, Solidity, uh, which is just roughly around 100,000 developers. Um, And uh, Java as a a programming language allows you, um, you know, it allows you pretty much um, to to do everything that you would typically do, uh, but it also follows a lot of the different coding standards and development procedures that are currently not available uh, with Solidity.
0: So aside from maturity level and size of population, right? What, are there anything you can do on Java or with Java and not with Solidity and vice versa?
1: Um, so for instance, the very first thing that comes to your mind is testing. So right now, um, the quality of uh, Solidity contracts um, is very poor. Um, unfortunately, and one of the reasons uh, that is the lack of QA. Uh, so right now, there's no way for you to test your contract before you can deploy and execute it. Um, so that's why there's uh, all of these public test networks that exist where people try to test their um, contracts. But um, it's still very hard to produce high-quality contract that would be bug-free um, and to run it in production. It's and it's one of the one of the big and major stopping factors um, of you know businesses doing their business on blockchain. Uh, because of lack of that QA and uh, you know non-blockchain languages um, like java, they they allow you to do that.
0: Um, you said QA. What does that stand for?
1: Um So that stands for quality assurance. Um, you know in, in other words, uh, if you run a code uh, which has to execute some business logic, um you'd really want to make sure that that business logic follows uh, you know follows whatever you intended it to follow. And if there's something that goes uh, out of the line, uh, well, that you don't get into the trouble. And um, we've, we've seen a lot of those, um, um, you know, good examples of what could go wrong. And, you know, one of the, uh, the oldest ones out there in blockchain space is uh, the DAO case, uh, where um, a lot of the money has been, you know, has been lost uh, because of the coding error. Um, and that's, um, that's ultimately shows the maturity of um, the programming ecosystem, which is not a bad thing, uh, but it, it, it's just something that we have to overcome um, to get into the space of um, enterprise blockchain.
0: I see. And so now for, for the benefit of the audience, j 3 is not a project within consensus. Um, but we do have uh, another project within consensus that is also related to the Java programming language as well. Um, can you tell us a little bit about how, um, like how Java relates to the Hyperledger uh, Basu client um, and what that does and how that could relate to your project?
1: Um, yeah, yeah, so um, Hyperledger Basu is, uh, is a great example um, and it just shows that um, a lot of people are thinking the same direction. Um, of how we can push forward uh, the ecosystem. So Bezo um, is an Ethereum client, uh, which happens to be written in Java. Um, so in other words, it's um, you know, a client is something that um, helps you to connect to the network. And, and in this case, it's Ethereum. And there are a lot of other um, Ethereum clients like Geth and Parity, Um, So, so Bezo is one of the clients and uh, Jetherium is different. It's not a client, but it works with all um, Ethereum clients. And um, the implementation language uh, of a node, so a node, um, again, is something that connects to the network, broadcasts uh, the transactions, signs the transactions, um, is transparent to the end user. So, there's no particular um, direct synergy between Jetherium and Bezo. Uh, but with that being said, um, an enterprise focused um, on using Java based technologies for Ethereum projects uh, may indeed choose Bezu as their client of choice and then choosing Jetherium um, as you know, a software that will help them um, will create and then run smart contracts. So th- there's a synergy right, between two projects and they're uh, streamlined on focusing providing enterprise solutions. But are not doing exact things.
0: I see, and so I don't think we've um, discussed what the actual JTheorem product is yet. So, can you give us a very short description of that?
1: Um, sure. So, JTheorem, in very simple words, is a program um, that you install, and it works with all programming um, environments. Uh, they're called IDEs, um, you know, in in programming world, and it allows you to um, write um, a, a smart contract. Uh, using java as you would write any other uh, any other program and then it automatically um, deploys it to the network um, and you know it shows you the results of uh, your smart contract so um, in other words it completely automates everything that is to do with the blockchain side and on top of that it also translates your java code into something that ethereum would understand which is uh, which is solidity
0: I see thanks for that um, so it seems like your project um, really bridges the kind of the divide so to say between the traditional population of developers and kind of this newer generation group of developers right mm-hmm. um, but mostly in the enterprise space um, so I want to talk about go ahead um,
1: yeah yeah I just wanted to say that uh, you know it's uh, it's absolutely right and it's uh, it's some sort of uh, you know the the generation gap now, uh, which is not really the you know the time wise related but technology wise related and uh, it's building up the bridge between
0: mm. that's very interesting and so when we talk about enterprise blockchain usage, what does that mean right? so I think people think of blockchain as something that's you know gives more power back to the individual you know and enables people to bypass intermediaries and uh, transact with each other on a peer-to-peer basis but then when you talk about enterprise blockchain it seems to at least be a little bit contradictory to that Um, but I'm sure there's more so can you explain like what is enterprise blockchain and compared to like quote consumer type blockchain uses
1: Um, Absolutely. Um, And uh, probably the good way to start it is by um, saying what our vision is. And uh, when Ethereum um, was introduced, we saw a huge potential um, of everyone, uh, businesses, individuals, um, to ultimately change the way they do business, um, change the way their business logic is implemented. Um, and you know where any enterprise that does business with others will potentially benefit from enabling their business transactions to be performed on the blockchain, um, and consumers will use the blockchain to access these contracts that were made by you know by businesses and you know make use of the business services that they're uh, that they're offering. Um, with that being said, we go into so what's what's currently happening and you know what's uh, what are those companies doing? Well. Currently, most enterprises they have blockchain on their radar as a strategic technology for the future, and uh, you know we'll get back there in a second. Why? So, um, but the, nothing much has been happening. So there's a lot of great news and a lot of great developments across all different sectors, not only financial, and you know the most obvious like supply chain. Um, it's it's everywhere, like gaming, uh, insurance, medical. But those are mostly pilot projects that those companies are announcing, um, and would ha- you'd have to dive deeper into the actual state of things to realize that there's um, you know pretty big blocking factors that do not allow those businesses to actually implement uh, their proper business logic on blockchain, um, and you know getting into how how great things are and how great they seem. Is um, according to one of the recent uh, Deloitte's researches, um, is what they say is that blockchain space is evolving and it obviously goes beyond uh, individual uh, projects. And 95% um, of the companies in their report across different industries were investing in tech projects uh, related to blockchain. So there's a lot of interest in the technology, but once again, if you dive deeper, you realize that that interest comes from you know a greater potential that is currently blocked Um, and you could see that uh, you know one of the former big skeptics like big 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 skeptics of uh, you know blockchain and bitcoin and in specifics um, goldman sachs well they've just recently uh, not so recently now but uh, at the end of 2018 so early 2019 they've launched their crypto investing product for their clients Um, And, you know, then you get to understand and realize that, all right, so those guys are, you know, interested in it. Um, Probably one of the good examples is um, what's so-called an R3 consortium, uh, which is, uh, again, Amazon, IBM, and most recently Oracle. Um, They started offering um, enterprise-grade blockchain solutions. Um, so they've created a, a blockchain which is called um, Corda, and then they've created the version of it, uh, which is Enterprise Corda. It's still under the development, uh, but what they want is that they want um, other tech companies uh, to join um, that blockchain and do business on it. Um, I mean, obviously it sounds super amazing, uh, but again, nothing is um, you know nothing super fascinating uh, is happening on a daily basis. And, um, you know, there's a big reason to that.
0: Yeah. So, you know, with when you say potential, right? So if you look at enterprise software that exists in the, quote, traditional space, what we have now, um, and then things that you can potentially build using the blockchain, so blockchain-based enterprise software,
1: mm-hmm.
0: what do you think are some good software, like good use cases? for blockchain-based enterprise software? And what do you think are some softwares that maybe should stay away from the blockchain and wouldn't be able to maximize the, the value of that?
1: Right. So, um, and it's and it's very clearly seen that when uh, it was an ICO boom, um, you know, in 2017, then all of these projects uh, were popping up saying that, you know, we're going to do um, X, Y, Z on blockchain and, you know, it's going to save the world which uh, ended up not being true. Um, so blockchain is yet another technology and you're absolutely right. Um, you have to understand what it does um, to realize if it makes sense to implement it or not. Uh, but there's the other side to it. Um, so when you ask me, well, what would somebody uh, build, right? Um, say on Ethereum specifically, or even you know using Jetherium and Ethereum there. Um, my answer would be actually, everything and anything i mean i'm seriously because the concept of blockchain um you know and the magnificent implementation of that concept by um you know ethereum team um it has the the potential i'm saying this word once again but uh you know every aspect of business and commerce Uh, once again because um that entire idea of smart contracts you know being the law uh you know of, of that agreement it, it completely changes the image because now you can implement direct um, you know licensing options just think about this uh, you know you can sell your license to your software using blockchain and you don't need everyone or anyone else so you don't need the payment services you don't need uh, you know any sort of like legal software agreements to that. You know, people can simply pay um, you and, you know, you can use um, Ethereum contract that would uh, unlock uh, the license to the software that you're selling. So it's like asking in, you know, 1980s, what future uses would be there for computers and software? Um, and, uh, you know, people were giving out, uh, you know, specific examples, well, finance or trading or, you know, medical stuff. But it, it ended up eating the world. I mean, it's everywhere now, right? Um, but you know, get, getting to more specifics, I would see that uh, I would say that the first space that uh, is already um, being affected by blockchain is definitely uh, fintech. Um, so anything that is to do with uh, you know increasing the efficiency of financial operations, uh, increasing transparency uh, of financial institutions. Now that already um, is being highly affected by blockchain, and uh, if not only by the technology itself, it is uh, purely by the uh, you know principles and you know basic concept of it, which is again transparent, uh, immutable ledger. Um, so you know th- we'll, we'll we'll still see an increase, um, you know a significant increase in in more coming years, um, as people um, get to discover the true um, effectiveness of um, smart contracts
0: right Um, one thing i've learned kind of this past year or so too is that you know even big companies suffer from a lot of things that individuals suffer from as well but at like a company level so the same way you know individuals worry about giving up their data to big companies you know a lot of times businesses as they're doing their business also give up their business data to Uh, you know, that level of intermediaries as well. So there are a lot of parallels um, and it's really talking to a lot of people who have the substance of knowledge in industry is that you start to realize that these types of things are needed and are happening.
1: Um, Absolutely. I mean, just one tiny aspect, um, you know, that that affects a lot is um, one of the topics that you've recently discussed on, uh, you know, on this show is the blockchain and GDPR. And you know what's happening there. So there's definitely a lot more um, you know questions um, you know to be asked and to be resolved uh, for for things to start happening on a mass scale. But uh, you know one of the one of the block factors or blocking factors that I was uh, you know mentioning earlier is um, you know trust me or not, but it's uh, you know it's the development procedure um, and. And what it really stands for is not that people don't know how to um, code on um, Ethereum specifically or just code on blockchain, it's just that uh, all major companies, all big companies, they have a predefined, they have already set uh, development uh, procedures. They have already, you know, QA, the ones that we talked earlier, so quality assurance, uh, they have their testing procedures, they have their development procedures, they have their planning procedures, um, and it's really expensive. And it takes a lot of time to change anything, you know, from those procedures. So whenever a new groundbreaking technology comes in place, um, it always, well, it it always, or most of the times, it means that uh, many, if not everything, um, has to be changed in the way things are built and done. And that's one of the big stopping factors. So that's why we hear from the Deloitte's research that a lot of companies are interested in, you know, in being kind of like on a on a short leash with this technology, but not really um, implementing it and you know really f- pushing it forward. And that comes to that it, it's just it's just so expensive to actually implement this technology. Um, so that's when you start thinking about um, you know Hyperledger Basu or Jetherium as projects that look into an existing opportunity which is uh, again which is ethereum Um, but they also look into uh, the reality which is uh, again the technology uh, procedures that are currently used and in you know in our case it's, uh, it's java
0: yeah now that we're speaking about this live you know i'm just thinking i wonder if you know companies insurance policy maybe would indirectly require someone to use java right so if you know Maybe you're promising that you follow your QA procedures and if your QA procedures are all in Java, you kind of have no choice but to make sure everything is converted to that. So, yeah, that's something I just thought of right now. It's pretty interesting.
1: Um, Well, it absolutely could be uh, managing risks. Um, In other words, if you are building a code um, that has to move, you know, trillions worth of, uh, you know, data or, you know, information or, you know, even um, it could be somebody's life when we are talking about medical um, stuff Um, and, you know, the cost of an error is just too big. Um, and the, once again, we're getting back to so how do you how do you manage that risk? Well, it's by testing the code, so it's by making sure that everything will go smooth. Um, and unfortunately, um, one of the native languages of uh, Ethereum Solidity, in our specific case, it doesn't allow you to do that. So then the entire idea of managing risks, it, you know, it becomes unmanageable. So that's that's again that's a stopping factor. Um, and um, you know, the more Mm. the more um I would say the more the higher the costs are, the higher the stakes are, um, the more again people have to think about managing risks, um, which again relates to money, time, and you know, lives. Um so it's it's a very strong um example, it's you know, strong case, but uh ultimately it again it refers to um you know to the case that you described with uh, insurance policies.
0: But how do you Respond to the argument that, you know, there are companies out there who do diligence on codes. Um, You know, they will test and and kind of, you know, try to hack their way into, you know, code if you pay them to. Right. How does that compare with the QA that you're talking about? Like, why is that not good enough?
1: Um, so there's, uh, there's, I mean, every big company and every big technology company, they now have uh, their internal resources. They also run uh, bug bounty campaigns where uh, they allow um, external people, um, you know, to find those errors and catch the bugs and, uh, you know, be rewarded. Um, the point is, is that the more complex, um, you know, the the product is, once again, the higher the stakes are. But it also there's a big difference. Uh, whenever you know you're dealing, let's say, like on a social media platform, uh, kind of product. And if you have a bug, then somebody's not going to be able to post uh, their post. The cost of an error is much lower than we're talking about. You know somebody's not going to get their money right in their bank account. Um, that's that's a completely different type of an error. Um, and that's why. Um, an outside person may think that the processes are much slower, or you know, you know, they, they take way more precautions. Uh, it, it's it's just uh, the industries, right, are, are a bit different, and that's why when I talk about uh, you know the generalized sector, so across all different industries, um, on average, again, it's it's never um, it's never enough, uh, you know, like testing your code is never enough, and, that, and that's why um, you know all of these uh, tools um, to make sure that you know once again your code is smooth. And everything is tested as expected. There's a lot. It's it's an entire um, industry out there, uh, but you know you just have to follow it.
0: That makes sense. Thanks for that. So why did you choose to spend your time building a tool for Ethereum as opposed to some other blockchain?
1: So um, that's you know that's that's a great uh, that's a great question, and. Um, to me, um, it probably starts back in you know in 2015 when I saw the true opportunity of Ethereum. Um, Ethereum right now is uh, so far again the biggest uh, programmable blockchain out there, and uh, to me, well, um, it's the number one blockchain which supports full programmability. Um, it has the most developer support, um, it has the largest number of actual development projects up and running, uh, and as well as you know, in development um, by far. Um, and one of the major factors probably that needs to be uh, mentioned is that um, we believe that Ethereum has already surpassed the required critical mass to make it the natural choice for um, you know, not only enterprise blockchain development going forward, but also for individuals um, you know, taking the advantage of, uh, you know, the business services that enterprise could offer um, using that blockchain. Um, and, you know, it, it has essentially become that meeting place of choice for people who want to start their new blockchain focused projects. Um, and, you know, it created, um, you know, tremendous synergies. And uh, Ethereum is just one of the examples because Ethereum wouldn't exist uh, without Ethereum. Um, so, you know, then you you just you just just go further there's so many good uh projects which then could be directed directly um you know synergized with even jetherium uh one of my favorite examples and one of the things that I really really love personally is um, Uniswap. Um so for those um who are not aware of that uh, project it, it was an indie project so it was a couple of guys launched it on Ethereum conference DEF CON um, and, um, you know, it's, it's taking a major place right now. And ultimately, it's a decentralized exchange. So what it means is that it's just two smart contracts that run on the Ethereum network that allow people to exchange their, um, you know, tokens in Ethereum um, on chain directly. So without any intermediaries, uh, without any, you know, third parties kind of like, um, you know, doing any custody, it's, it's just there. It's right there on, you know, on the chain and um one one of the one of the cool things now is that now people that don't know solidity but you know know Java and there's far more people can now also uh, take advantage of that service as well and and that's the power of um ethereum ecosystem like all of those projects they're somehow directly or in their indirectly um you know communicated together
0: yeah I do really like the people around the community um you know, it seems like there's a lot of people who mean really well and, you know, really are trying their best to to do really great work around the space. Um, and they're they're really smart. So I'm really glad to be a part of this.
1: Absolutely. Uh, same here.
0: So what would you like to see most um to be built using Jetherium on Ethereum? If you had to just get the word out right now to put out a wish list of things you want other people to build, what would that be?
1: Again, it's it's a, <laughs> it's a very tough question to me because I want people to do uh, what they want. I mean, it doesn't matter how crazy or how, um, you know, stupid it may sound, but whatever you think, um, the point is, is that right now um, you can do pretty much like anything. And when I mean anything, it's like literally anything. So somebody created a decentralized exchange on, you know, on Ethereum. Then, you know, other people created lending platform on Ethereum. And then they've created the token that is now, you know, tied to, um, you know, like other uh, fiat currencies. So they use it as pegging. There's, uh, you know, there's obviously supply chain related projects. There's, uh, you know, social media projects where, um, you know, any uh, a token is getting minted for um, every new post that is, you know, is getting... Um, like appreciation from the community. So it's ultimately your you are link, you're only limited with uh, your imagination. And um, when we say about, uh, you know, when I, when I talk about, about all of this uh, kind of like cases, they sound like uh, indie projects, but uh, in, in a sense, that's how, you know, all major businesses started. They started as small projects. It's just that their business logic and their business had grew and matured. So it's the matter of scaling those cases. And uh, whenever I start, obviously, like dreaming and imagining how big those cases could be, I mean, like w- how how amazing it would be to track—I don't know, like your um, like local bank, um, their financial activity, like you know, which is again like anonymized, but you know that they're not, you know, they're not losing the money, or you know that they're not involved with any sort of like activity, or you know that you know you can just track. Um, you know, any sort of payment, which is, which is already happening. Like that's, that's what Ethereum is for. Right. Uh, and then you scale it to now you can do like shipments or now you can uh, do remote work, like a unified global, you know, um, job market where you truly, you know, you don't need where the other person is. You don't, you don't care what kind of uh, you know credit cards they can accept or how can you do a wire transfer. And, you know, you don't care where they physically are located at because uh, you know your like job um, relationship is only linked uh, and is and is covered by that smart contract uh, you know policy so if and and you know that you don't need any like third party to you know manage the dispute because you know it's clearly written you know up front and you know that the system will follow it and and then you know it's just the beginning because once you know once that is being accelerated, I I don't know like what's going to happen afterwards because it's an infinite list of opportunities.
0: So I'm going to give ask you one more hard question before we sign off here. Um, what do you think the Ethereum ecosystem will look like in 10 years?
1: Ooh, um that's, yeah, that's a, that's a tricky one. Um, <laughs> and it's, and it's quite uh, tricky because uh, just um, you know, just recently we saw this uh, Istanbul hard fork uh, that successfully went through and it's, uh, you know, very um, It's a it's one of the like major steps uh, in order going to getting us closer to the next generation of Ethereum uh, Which will bring, you know, way more features out there um, But alright, so what I think about it in like in one year um, and in ten years um, So I'll start with one year because it's easier um, so what I see is um, with all of you know the, the the downsides and upsides, it's been a roller coaster for the couple of uh, you know past years. But then one year, I still believe that Ethereum is going to grow and is uh, you know it's going to be uh, it's going to remain as a you know as a dominant programmable blockchain out there. Um, and what I also see is that um, a whole lot more of companies are going to uh, run their pilot projects and uh, their R and D departments are going to be busy. With uh, blockchain technology, uh, more and more businesses will uh, try and get interested in not just, you know, looking aside, but also actually trying to implement their business logic on blockchain. Um, But then in 10 years, um, obviously, it's a very, um, you know, speculative opinion, of course. But I think that Ethereum, um, it can become, um, you know, the global platform for business transactions of all types. Um, I know it's uh, you know it's a very speculative uh, opinion out there, but uh, you know think about internet. So something that had a very limited use case before, um, you know, became literally again everywhere and um, in, and in, in every possible aspect that you can imagine. Um, and I think that is a like as a uh, it's a very natural kind of uh, not the revolution but evolution of it. And then what I see Ethereum is again to be like a platform for business transactions.
0: Thank you very much. Um, that was a very good conversation. And I want to thank you for your time. Um, any other parting thoughts that you'd like to share with the audience?
1: Well, again, I think that the only way to really, um, you know, move the, the, the blockchain space forward is by getting in. Uh, and, you know, it's what they say, get your hands dirty. Um, I think, you know, I think we're still ahead of really, really great times out there. And um, I enjoy the time being here. And uh, thanks for having me, Joyce.
0: Thanks very much, Anton.
1: Thank you, Joyce.